I'm Meg Dahl, your Unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I am so happy to be sitting down here with you today because we are back at one of my solo episodes. So it's been quite a while since you and I have just had a nice solo chat, just you and I you, me, and this microphone. I'm just really excited to be sitting down with you today and just chatting, just the two of us. It'll be lots of fun. It's been over like 10 episodes already since I've done a solo episode. So I'm really, really excited to just answer your questions. So obviously, if you saw the title for today's episode, we are diving even deeper into the topic of under eating and everything related. So after Christina Rice and I talked about under eating on episode 30, I believe it was, her and I had this great conversation about under eating and All of you really loved it and I so thank you. I'm so grateful for all of the amazing feedback that you gave me. So thank you, thank you for that. But I thought since you enjoyed it so much, I would just take all of your questions and all of the topics that you wanted me to touch on in relation to under eating and just compile them all into one episode. So that is our agenda for today. But another thing that I've got really great feedback on are my meditations. So back in episodes like maybe 2021, I did a guided meditation with you and many of you contacted me after thanking me for the meditation. So I thought since we are going to be hanging out together, just you and I today and chatting about a topic that I'm really passionate about, why don't we also start with a guided meditation? So if you are listening to this while you're at home or in a space where you can actually lie down, I invite you to do that. So just give yourself a moment here to lie down on the floor or in your bed or on a couch, anywhere that you can just comfortably lie down, please do that. And if you are listening to this podcast while you're on a walk outside or maybe while you're at the gym or commuting somewhere, just pay attention to the guided meditation and do it the best you can 
but I do definitely recommend coming back to this maybe later today and following along with me so you can really get all of the benefits. So let's get started. So lie down and close your eyes. And I would like you to place your hands gently on your lower abdomen. And with your eyes closed, just start breathing in and out of your nose. So we're going to do nice, deep nasal breathing. So in and out. And just take three really nice deep breaths in and out of your nose for me. And as you're breathing with your hands placed on your lower abdomen, I would like you to envision a light, a bright, warm, and loving light coming from where you are placing your hands on your abdomen. This light is very bright and warm and it's actually causing you to feel warm starting from where you have your hands placed. And I want you to just focus on this light for a few moments and start to notice how it feels within your abdomen. So it's warm, but how else does it feel to you? And also what color is it? What bright, radiant color is this light coming from your abdomen? Just observe that. And as you are being aware of how it feels within you and how it looks, Keep breathing in and out of your nose. And as you inhale, this bright warming light floods the rest of your body. So it's growing and it's expanding into the rest of your body. And you can feel its warmth surrounding your entire body. Just allow yourself to experience how that feels within your entire body. And take a few more breaths before you open your eyes. And then we will get started. So I hope you enjoyed that meditation and I definitely invite you to come back and use it whenever you need some grounding and um, some warmth and love within your life. So definitely come back to this episode, but let's get started before I start answering some of your amazing questions, because honestly, I, again, can't thank you enough. So many of you sent in questions for me to make this episode happen for you. So I have lots of great questions, but first I'm just going to give you a little bit of an update as to what I'm doing 
this weekend. So if you are listening to this episode live, it is Wednesday, the 31st. So happy Halloween. I never said that at the beginning, but it is Halloween, the 31st. And if you are a Halloween person, then happy Halloween. I hope you enjoy the day and you have tons of fun dressing up and doing all those Halloween festivities. Maybe you did your thing this past weekend. I personally didn't do anything. (laughs) And also, I am traveling today. So actually tomorrow, November 1st, I am flying to New Mexico for the first time in my entire life. So that will be another state that I can check off my list of the states that I visited. Um, Being a Canadian, I have definitely traveled to many states. And um, this is just one more to add to my list. So anyways, I will be in Santa Fe, New Mexico until Monday, November 5th. And then I'll be back, back in action. And you guys will hear from me again on Wednesday next week with a new episode. Um, But yeah, I will be in Santa Fe, New Mexico at a spiritual coaching retreat. I am in a spiritual coaching group for practitioners. Jessica Flanagan is heading this program and I began this program back in September and we have one live in-person meetup. So that is taking place this weekend. So I'm super excited for that. But yeah, I just thought I would let you know what I'm up to before we get into your questions. So that is my update. And I'll just dive into your questions now. Um, okay, so where to begin? I think why don't we start with the questions that are kind of all revolving around fear. There was a lot of questions revolving around fear that I got. So I said on Instagram, send me your questions or topics that you want me to touch on or answer in my under eating episode part two. And I got a handful of questions that were um, like, I have a fear of gaining weight. I have a fear of feeling full and I have a fear of eating a larger amount of food. And these, you know, are all coming from women that are perhaps and probably under eating right now. And these are the fears that they're holding onto that are preventing them from moving forward and beginning to actually nourish their bodies properly. So let's start with the fear of gaining weight. Okay, so this is obviously something that I have struggled with in my own life years ago. I definitely coming from a history of eating disorders, specifically anorexia, I obviously have a history of severely under eating. So I also 
held on to a fear of gaining weight um, when I started to eat more food and begin to nourish my body with more calories. So the thing about having a fear of gaining weight in relation to eating more, I think we just have to break up that association. So anyone who is fearing weight gain when they are playing with the thought of eating more, I think we just need to kind of like snip that association, right? We are thinking that more food equals weight gain. And I would just really love to like cut that tie and cut that belief that more calories equals weight gain. Okay, I had to do that within my own life. Um, I held on to that belief for many, many years that more calories equaled weight gain. But what if that wasn't the case? Or what if you shifted your focus from that? Or what if you challenged your belief that more calories equaled weight gain? What if you just stopped associating the two together? Okay, that's what I had to do in my personal life. And I just cut the cords. I cut the ties. Um, More calories did not mean weight gain. It meant more health. That's something that you could replace it with. Or you could just not have it to be an equation at all. Right. So I kind of want anyone who's dealing with the fear of gaining weight because of more calories, I want you to close your eyes for a second and kind of um, imagine it to be like a formula, like a math equation. So right now you are imagining more calories and then imagine the equal sign. And then on the end of that equation, you're seeing weight gain. That is the association you have right now. But what if that weight gain, like what if that equal sign, there was nothing after that equal sign? What if it was just more calories and there was nothing else tied to it? So that's what I challenge you to do with this fear of weight gain because I did that exact practice within my own life and I really taught myself and kind of reprogrammed my beliefs that more calories didn't necessarily mean weight gain and it didn't mean weight gain. There was just no equation to it. It was just more calories by itself, nothing tied to it. So I hope you can follow in my footsteps and challenge those beliefs and kind of make it not an equation, but just a standstill alone. Um, You're going to be nourishing your body with more calories or more energy if you don't really like the word calories, more energy. And there's nothing else tied to that. No other results or outcomes. It's simply just a single factor. So give that a try. See how it feels. I know that helped me big time um, with my recovery journey and just, you know, 
nourishing my body with more calories. So definitely give that a try. But while um, we are on the topic of calories, I do just want to emphasize again, and I know Christina and I talked about this in part one of this episode, but I just kind of want to get into it myself um, because I do have a lot to say about calories and just the stigma around calories. Um, We have been told that a certain amount of calories is a normal amount for fueling our bodies. So I'm just going to pick on some magazines here. If you scroll through any magazine or you're at the supermarket and you see a magazine cover, you are likely going to see something promoting 1,200 calories, okay? So that is most commonly the um, number of calories that you'll see being promoted in social media. So because we keep seeing that over and over and over again, we start to believe that anything over that amount of calories is quote-unquote a lot of calories, okay? So if someone's eating 1,500 or 1,800 or even 2,000 calories or 2,500 calories, all of a sudden, we just have this kind of um, label on anything more than that 1,200 for an example. Anything more than that, we think is quote-unquote a lot of calories. So maybe it's not... 1200 for you. But if you're like having a really difficult time increasing the amount of calories you're eating, even if like, let's say, you know, you're not eating enough to fuel your body, or perhaps you do have an eating disorder or disordered eating, and that's something you're trying to overcome and you're trying to increase your calories, but you're dealing with a huge amount of fear revolving around just like that increase in a number, I would love for you to really tune into yourself and see what you're believing is like a normal amount of calories. Okay. And that normal amount of calories likely came from something that diet culture or social media, which, you know, diet culture is in. But anyways, your normal, like your perceived normal amount of calories is something from that. It's like from diet culture. It's from social media. It's from like something that has told you, has made you believe that a normal amount of calories is X number. Like I said, for some people, that's 1,200. For me, for many, many years, my kind of like normal amount was, I thought 1,800 was a normal amount. Guess what? That's still not a lot. Like that's not enough for the average female. I think for all females, we need to be well over 2,000 calories. 
Okay. So I'm not promoting, you know, like being like super um, calorie counting obsessed here at all. That's not what I want. But I really want to remove the stigma around calories and hash like and break and tear down those beliefs that anything over 1200 calories or whatever number you currently are perceiving is a normal amount of calories I want to throw that away and really educate you that women need more calories and a lot of calories so it's kind of like finding and redefining what that normal is like what is a normal amount of calories or energy for a female that wants to be hormonally healthy and just overall healthy like what is that normal if you are thinking it's anything under like 2000 calories I would love for you to challenge this belief and start redefining a new normal for yourself because whatever you've been led to believe over the past how many years of your life, it has led you to where you are today and under fueling your body. Your body deserves this fuel and it deserves to be properly nourished. And I would love just to share my experience with you and my knowledge and educate you on the fact that Like I said, if your normal is, you know, if what you perceive to be normal is under 2000, I would love for you to challenge that belief. And once we do that, when we know that, okay, women should actually be eating more than 2000 calories every single day, like regardless of, okay, if you're not active, I don't care. You still need to be nourishing your body with that much food. Once we create that to be our new normal, (laughs) then those higher numbers don't seem so high because they're not. Because that's what's normal. So do you see what I'm saying? That the only reason we think like 2,500 calories or even 3,000 calories is a lot of food is because our normal is set so low. And that's only because we've been told by diet culture that's what normal should be when that's the amount of calories that can get women very, very ill and throw their hormones severely off. So I'm just encouraging you to challenge your beliefs challenge what you currently are thinking is a normal amount of calories and start setting your own definition for that based on truth, not on diet culture that's trying to manipulate your body. Okay. So that is what I have to say about fear of gaining weight and um, also just the stigma around calories in general. Now we have more to talk about in terms of fears. There's a huge fear that I know so many women hold on to, and that's the fear of feeling full. So that's another thing that we just need to explore within ourselves. I think 
overcoming under eating is a huge personal journey because it's really not about the food. It's about beliefs and other things like misunderstandings and decisions that we've made um, based out of, you know, fear, for an example. These are things that we've done over the years we've been alive and we need to start going in to ourselves and start trying to understand what these false beliefs are that we've been holding on to for so long. So if fear of feeling full is something that you're struggling with, why are you struggling with that? Let's go in and see like, what are you associating with that? Who told you that feeling full wasn't a good thing? And again, this just comes back to challenging that and knowing that feeling full is actually a really good feeling. You should not be sitting and feeling hungry all day. That's not something that I want you to be feeling. And especially if we're moving from a place of under eating to fueling our bodies properly, you are going to feel full. But why is there that fear there? Go into that place and really try to understand why that fear is there for you. I know for me personally, years ago when I was overcoming anorexia and I was following meal plans from my dietitian, I remember going in weekly to my dietitian and she would increase my meal plan every single week. And whenever there was that increase, I definitely felt more full, right? So my biggest struggle with this was the fact that I was associating full with being like bad. It was a negative feeling. Okay. So similar to how I support my clients who are dealing with anxiety, for an example. So a lot of people will, whenever they experience like anxious feelings, they see that as a really negative emotion. So then all of a sudden everything starts spiraling, right? Like they're like, oh my gosh, I'm anxious. I don't like this feeling. This is a bad feeling. And then everything kind of gets blown out of proportion. But what I coach women to do is see all emotions as being the same. So it's like, okay, I'm anxious right now. It's neither good nor bad. It is simply an emotion. And I encourage you to do the same thing with that feeling of full. So although being full isn't an emotion, okay, it's a feeling, but it's still a feeling that if you have a fear of feeling full, the reason there's a fear there is because you're associating that feeling of being full with something negative or something bad or something wrong. So if you can take a step back and start viewing 
the feeling or start experiencing the feeling of being full as something neutral, it changes everything. So again, we are just wrong to think that feeling full is something negative or wrong or bad and cut those ties and start to experience it as being neutral. It's neither good nor bad. It's just, oh, okay, I ate a meal and I feel full now. This is not good. This is not bad. It's just a feeling and it's going to pass. So I highly encourage you if you are um, experiencing or dealing with that fear of feeling full, let's start seeing uh, um, that feeling of full as something neutral, okay? And then the fear of eating a larger amount of food. Now, again, this fear of eating a larger amount of food, it might be tied to other perceptions, um, other beliefs. So are you holding on to a belief that a larger amount of food equals weight gain? Are you believing that a larger amount of food will make you full, which is a bad feeling? So really try to tune in to why you're fearing these things and how you can challenge those beliefs. Like I gave you some examples and personal stories of what has worked for me in terms of the weight gain thing and also the feeling full and then just um, the fear of eating more in general. I know for me and my personal life, just the fear of eating more was tied to kind of both of those things. More food equals more calories equals weight gain. So if we, you know, erase all of those stupid math equations that don't even make sense that are not legit erase those and start making them just like single factors so more food it's just more food that you get to enjoy um I personally freaking love to eat I love food. I love large volumes of food. Um, It makes me really, really sad when I see someone using a small plate and eating a very small portion and calling that their meal. Um, We deserve to eat a lot of food. Um, Think of all of the things that your body is doing on a daily basis. Okay, which brings me to something. One of you wanted me to talk more about kind of like the association between like you can eat more if you are active, okay? So let's talk about that because I kind of got onto that topic with what I was saying. So our bodies are doing so many functions without you even moving, okay? And this is why I hate that 1,200 calorie belief that people think that's a normal amount of food is because that is like some like a requirement that someone would need if they were literally lying in bed and not moving all day, okay? So imagine that as like a baseline. 
And then you're moving around. Maybe you do some dishes. You're walking to the kitchen to get food. You're walking to the bathroom to do your thing. You're showering. You're doing all this stuff. Just normal daily activities. That adds on a significant amount of fuel. Like you need more fuel to be doing all of those things. And then if you are someone who's active, absolutely, you do need more food. But what I know I need to be touching on to answer this girl's question or the topic that she wanted me to touch on, we have got to step away from the belief that we need to earn what we eat. So I do not want anyone walking away from this podcast believing that they need to go to the gym in order to eat. And if they don't go to the gym, (laughs) they need to eat less. That is not what I want you to be walking away with whatsoever. Your body requires an abundance of food every single day, whether you work out or not. Okay, if you are hungry and you have an appetite and you are not currently working out, maybe your activity level is very minimal, you still deserve and you still must fuel that hunger. Your body requires this fuel on a daily basis. And when I was throwing out numbers before, I'm not throwing out numbers to trigger anyone because I know years ago I could have been triggered by numbers and I thought, you know, oh, let's just not talk about numbers. You know, that's not productive. But sometimes I need to throw those things out there so I can kind of like give women a wake up call to how much their body actually needs. And that's the only reason why I'm throwing out these numbers. Okay. So if you are, I see a few issues with the whole like, okay, I need to earn my food. Number one, a few years ago, I was following several people on Instagram that I think social media honestly is a horrible thing for fueling these types of relationships, these really disordered relationships with food and exercise and our bodies. Honestly, you guys, I know my business is online and I know that I um, really, you know, kind of need you to be there with me on Instagram and on this podcast because my business is online. And this is where I show up for you. And this is where you and I interact and connect with each other. But I honestly, I really don't think it's a super positive thing. I mean, you can use social media for inspiration and connecting with people like me who are dedicated to supporting you throughout this journey. But at the same time, it can be something that's really detrimental to your healing journey, especially if you're healing your relationship with your body and food and exercise. So I just want to point out something 
that I noticed a couple years ago is there was several people on my Instagram, you know, I follow very um, positive, uplifting accounts, but even sometimes those accounts can kind of put out some skewed messages such as, you know, I earned this because I worked out. And if you are holding on to beliefs that you need to earn your food or you need, you need to do X exercise in order to eat X food, I would really love for you to zoom out and see where those beliefs are coming from. Are they coming from someone that you follow on social media? Are the pictures you're seeing leading you to believe that you can only eat XYZ if you do XYZ. You see what I'm saying? So we can all be holding these beliefs from something different, but I would really, really encourage you to go into whatever social media platforms you use. I know Instagram's super popular, but I would really love for you to go in there, kind of observe who you're following, observe where these beliefs are coming from that you need to do an exercise in order to eat. It should be the other way around. And that's another thing that I want to touch on while we're on this topic is start thinking about food coming first, not exercise. So I think that's where we get really twisted up with um, food and exercise is we think that, okay, well, if I get up in the morning and do a run, then I could eat breakfast. But what if you swap that and you started to think that you needed to eat in order to do whatever you wanted to do in the day, right? Like it's almost like you have to earn your movement if you ate enough food, not you have to earn your food if you did like your usual run or your usual like CrossFit workout. It's the other way around. You need to be fueling your body in order to do these things, right? So I would really love for you to switch the way you're thinking about it. It's not earning your food. It's earning your exercise. And it kind of reminded me back to when I was going through eating disorder recovery, there were there was a big chunk of time where I wasn't allowed to do any form of exercise, right? Because I was in major need of healing. And basically at that time, all of the calories I was consuming were going to repairing my body. And if I was doing any additional exercise, well, you know, it was kind of like I was in maintenance. I wasn't making any progress. Later on, when I started making more progress in my recovery journey, um, I was able to add some walking. I remember my mom and I started walking around the block of my childhood home. We would just walk around the block and that was my exercise, but only because you know, I was now eating enough food to actually fuel that walk. So let's think of it in terms of that, like 
are you going to go do a workout today? But instead of thinking like, oh, I need to work out because my husband and I have a dinner date planned. No, 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 no. Let's stop thinking about it that way. And we let's start thinking of it in terms of like, hey, I have a, I really want to work out today. You know, my body feels really good. I feel like strong and I had a really good sleep, but did I eat enough today? Like, oh, okay. Like I had a breakfast. I had a really good breakfast. I had a solid lunch. It's been a few hours since I ate though. And I'm going to grab a snack because I'm going to go do this workout. Right. So let's start eating to fuel our workouts versus or I mean, like eating to just like fuel our daily activity. Right. I'm not saying that you need to go out and do a workout. That's not what I'm saying. But I really want you to flip the switch and how you're thinking about food. You need food and then movement is a bonus if you fueled your body properly, but it's not the other way around. It's not the fact that, okay, you did X, Y, Z, so you get to eat. That's not how it works. So let's flip the switch on that. And I think that can help a lot of you overcome the mindset that you need to move in order to eat. And um, yeah, let's start thinking of it the other way around. You have to earn your exercise, right? You have to earn your movement. You have to earn that walk with your dog or whatever it is. You have to earn that yoga session by eating enough food, okay? So that was a good question. Thank you for sending that in. Now let's chat a little bit about um, how to eat more without getting constipated. This was another question that I had. Someone was, you know, wondering how you can go about eating more um, without getting constipated. So honestly, when people come to me, I work with a lot of clients that are constipated and most often constipation comes from under eating to be completely honest. So if you are eating, let's say 1800 calories, which again, most of us think is a lot of food because again, we have our normal set way too low. So we think 1800 is more than enough, right? Because if our normal is set so low. And so if you're eating, you know, um, what you think is a lot or enough, I would really like you to zoom out and listen and pay attention to what I'm saying in this podcast because honestly, um, even in my own life, when I've been dealing with constipation, most often it's when I'm not eating enough overall calories. If that super is not the case for you, I would definitely recommend um, asking yourself if you're eating enough fat. And if you can increase the amount of healthy fats that you're eating, cooking oils, um, avocados, 
I would definitely recommend adding like some ghee to your diet. Ghee is great for digestive health, healing and soothing the the GI lining. I just absolutely love ghee. It's so great for digestion, but it can also add some really amazing healthy fats to your diet, which can in turn help with constipation. Having said that, carbohydrates are also very important for healthy bowel movements. So I also work with a lot of women, like I said, who are just under eating in general, but low carb is a thing um, and being too low carb is very much a thing. And often that will result in some digestive issues such as constipation. And the reason for this is, is when we are too low carb for too long, it can actually negatively impact the health of our thyroid function. And when our thyroid is negatively impacted in this way, it would slow down function and slow down output. And when our thyroid has been slowed down or become sluggish, we can also experience constipation. And in order to, you know, nourish our thyroid and upregulate it a little bit and make sure it's functioning optimally, it requires carbohydrates. And if you add more carbohydrates, like maybe you're listening to me say this and you're like, yeah, Meg, I definitely am low carb. Add in some more carbohydrates. See how that um, works for you. And if your constipation clears up, not only do carbohydrates positively impact like thyroid function, but for just like general and overall gut health, you need them. Um, In my personal life, and this is like real recent, you guys, I was so low carb for so long. Um, Well, like too long in my opinion. I had a parasite which caused me to not tolerate carbs. Um, I just could not tolerate any type of starchy carb. And when I'm saying carbs, I mean like yams, sweet potatoes, plantains, fruit, winter squash, like that sort of thing. Um, And when I had a parasite, I was not able to tolerate these things. I was in so much pain. So for a period of time throughout like 2016 and 2017, I was following a really, really low carb diet to minimize and manage my symptoms. But now I am parasite free. It's been over a year since I've been parasite free and also like dealing with some other gut dysbiosis. But now that I'm over that, uh, like I don't need to follow a low carb diet. Like I was strictly only following a low carb diet to manage some symptoms. Now that I was able to clear up that health issue for myself, you can better believe that I'm eating carbohydrates in abundance again. Um, I love balance. And this is just like honestly going back to my roots. If you've been following me since 2014, 
when I first started my holistic nutrition business back in 2014, I said balanced plates for balanced health. And I still stick with that. I love taking my plate making a balanced meal out of it, adding some protein, adding a starchy carb, adding veg and putting fat on it to whatever amount I please to make my meal satisfying for me. So I highly recommend that balanced plates for balanced health. Um, And like I said, just I know let's get back to this girl's question she was asking about um, eating more preventing constipation but honestly um, most often it's because you're under eating you're constipated so maybe you think you're eating enough but you're probably not so just add in some more healthy fats some more um, good starches and see how your bowel movements do with that. Alrighty, so I think that would be a good place to start. And then another topic that I want to be sure we touch on today is comparing the food you eat um, to those around you. This is something that I see many women struggle with. Like maybe they feel like they're eating more than their significant other, like your boyfriend or your husband or even your best friend, your sister, whatever the case may be, I deal with that in my own life. My boyfriend, he like hardly eats. Um, And yeah, it's not fun all the time. Like I, you know, by the time he's like eating his first meal, I'm like, okay, I literally ate all the food in my fridge already today. And I'm working on, you know, um, meal number three now or whatever. So, um, for me, it's really just me knowing what my body needs. Okay. And you not comparing yourself to anyone else. It's, that's really all I can say about this is, you know what you need and you can't let anyone else dictate what you do. Um, so stay strong, stand your ground and keep doing what you do, right? So just like a personal example, like when my boyfriend Scott eats maybe like three eggs for breakfast and that's it. And let's say I was like, ooh, like, you know, struggling with comparison. Let's just pretend. But I know that that's not enough food for me to eat right? Like we just know. So be proud of the knowledge. I guess this is a great time for me to say like, be proud of the knowledge that you have for yourself and own it. Um, Own that knowledge and be proud that you're taking care of yourself in a way and don't let anyone else steal that from you. Okay. And then um, food prep and making time to eat. I know this was also something that several women asked me about and said that they struggle with when it comes to under eating. And I actually just this past weekend did a nutrition presentation, a local nutrition presentation. This isn't something that I do super often, but one of our local spin studios, a friend of mine um, owns it. And it's an, it's an amazing spin studio here in Yorkton called Inner Cycle. 
And she just asked me to come and chat about nutrition and kind of educate her clients on proper pre and post workout nutrition. So I came in there just this past Sunday and I received a question from one of the ladies who attended and she said, okay, you know, my biggest struggle is I basically don't eat until nine o'clock at night just because I don't have time during the day. And if, you know, obviously we know that if someone's just eating one meal and it's not a large meal by any case. Um, if they're just eating one meal at the end of the day, we know that they're under fueling their body. And she wanted to start eating more food, but um, she was just kind of asking me how. And I know several of you asked me the same thing. When I asked, you know, what's your biggest challenge when it comes to under eating? Many of you just said like lack of time and I don't meal prep. So, you know, how can you help me in that area? And honestly, it's about knowing that nourishing your body is a form of taking care of yourself. It's a form of loving yourself. So then you just need to make the time. Okay. So that's what I would say to all of you women who you're like, okay, the only reason I'm under eating is because I literally don't make time for myself. Start making that time for the woman that I spoke to this weekend at my nutrition presentation. She just said, so she works a job where she sees clients all day. So I was able to compare that to myself because I do see nutrition clients. But what I make sure I do, I schedule myself a lunch break. I schedule that time into my day for myself. And she just wasn't doing this. She was just like, you know, blocking off her whole day with all of these clients. Like she was just allowing her clients to book whenever they pleased. And therefore, by the end of the day, she just wouldn't have a lunch break. And so I recommended to her actually scheduling, whether that's 30 minutes or an hour. I personally take an hour out of my day to give myself a break and to fuel my body um, at lunchtime. So it's about putting you first, right? Um, fueling your body and taking care of yourself. You need to start putting you first. <laughs> um, so that's what I have to say about that. And then I think we should, okay, we have a few other things that I really wanted to touch on before actually wrapping up today's show. So we'll go a little bit over um, the time we usually go over, but I really wanted to chat about these two things with you guys. So um, several of you were asking me about not eating so much in one sitting because when you eat a larger amount of food, you feel not hungry for the rest of the day, even though you know you should eat more. And so if you kind of generally know how much food you need to eat by the end of the day to eat your like, you know, goal amount. So in order to consume the amount of food that you want by the end of the day, if three meals makes that like a super large amount of food for you, 
then like spread it across more meals. Like if you rather eat multiple times a day, then do that. That's totally fine. We're all different. I know for me personally, I love a large volume of food. I love that full feeling. I love feeling very satisfied. So my meals are pretty large. Um, I also just don't enjoy, um, eating like six meals a day, for an example. It just, I did that for way too many years and it's not enjoyable to me whatsoever. So I really do love large meals. But if you struggle with eating a large amount of food and then not feeling hungry later on for more food to meet your calorie um, requirements. That's the word that I was looking for before. If you are feeling too full to meet that, I would zoom out and ask yourself um, a couple things. So can you divide those meals up into more meals throughout the day if you're okay with that? Or what are you eating? Like, are you eating a large amount of vegetables? Like, are you eating like literally salads all day? Um, Big batches of like cauliflower rice or um, zucchini noodles or just like all these salads, right? Like, of course, you're going to feel very like stuffed and full from those foods because they take up a lot of space, but they're not calorie dense. They are very nutrient dense, but they're not calorie dense. So if you are trying to meet a certain amount of calories by the end of the day and you're filling up on bowls of cauliflower rice and feeling too full to actually hit your goals, I would definitely suggest, okay, can you switch from cauliflower rice to regular basmati rice, like real rice. I know for me personally, I just started reintroducing rice into my diet just this past week. Super happy about that reintroduction. Um, because like I said, I, I'm going for like energy density here. (laughs) And even though cauliflower rice technically has like a more, you know, abundance of nutrients in it, I guess, than regular rice. Like eating rice is still um, a good healthy food for you. And um, I'm really trying to make sure that I fuel my body with enough carbohydrates for um, female health, specifically my hormones. So um, that's kind of my focus right now is hormone health. And with that comes balanced plate. So protein, carbohydrates, and fats, and nutrient density. So I really do think we should focus on that when um, you are focusing on hormone health, which I am. Um, So last question, and I really wanted to touch on this before we wrapped up today's episode, but this one was a question that I really struggled with before as well, which is why I didn't want to leave it out. But um, it has to do with eating enough and intuitive eating. So I know I struggled with this for a really long time as well. I felt that 
if I just intuitively ate, I would undereat. And I certainly um, experienced this within my life, even like today. Okay. So if I strictly just went off of Um, my hunger cues and this is where we kind of get intuitive eating wrong we think intuitive eating is eating based off of hunger cues there is so much more to intuitive eating than just our hunger cues so if you are thinking intuitive eating is just eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full oh boy (laughs) let's talk more about intuitive eating in another episode but intuitive eating is so much more than just eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full And so it is like knowing your body, knowing you as a female, how much food do you actually require? That is intuitive eating. So if you have to be more mindful of like, okay, I know I need to eat three meals a day, for an example, and this is what these meals should look like, you know, if that is something that you have to do to meet your energy requirements at the end of the day, that is intuitive eating. So when I go into a meal and kind of have a structure of how I want my plate to look, that's still intuitive eating because I know that my body requires a certain amount of fuel by the end of the day. And by me structuring my meals in a certain way to meet those requirements, that is like a super high level form of self-care and loving myself. And that is intuitive eating for me. And I know I never saw it like this and for a really long time but that is the way it works um it's allowing me to take care of myself and also use the knowledge that I have this amazing wisdom that I have so if you are like me and you're struggling with under eating because you're simply trying to intuitively eat, I would definitely check with yourself and ask yourself, are you just eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full? Because intuitive eating is so far beyond that. It's so much more expansive than that. And if you don't really want to get into the whole calorie counting thing, because if you're coming from a history of disordered eating or eating disorders, I definitely don't recommend that. You shouldn't be going through recovery on your own. Um, That's what I'm here for. I do work with women on this specific subject and I can help you understand and learn how to fuel your body properly. So if you ever want to learn how you can work with me, definitely reach out. But I would definitely check in with yourself and ask yourself if you are thinking intuitive eating is just eating based off of your hunger. So if that's kind of your definition for intuitive eating, let's shake that up a little. Let's use some knowledge here, fuel your body in a way that's actually fueling you and all of 
like the functions that your amazing body is doing on a daily basis. Let's fuel all of that. Let's go above and beyond just eating when we're hungry. Let's use our knowledge. And like I said, that's something that I personally have to do. If I just ate based off of my hunger cues all day, I would absolutely be under eating most days. I can tell you that. So I use a little bit of brain power here and there. Okay. And that's okay because that's a way of me taking care of my body and showing it the love that it deserves. And I had to come a long way to like get to that understanding But I am here to support you in getting to that understanding and that realization as well. So if you guys have any more questions about fueling your body properly, definitely hit me up. You can email me at megtherhn at gmail.com. Visit my website, megtherhn.com or um contact me over Instagram. You guys know you can follow me there and connect with me there. And I'm just Meg the RHN on Instagram. And I can't wait to hear from you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed this. So we'll chat next week. 